You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Blue Horseshoe Podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. And also, make sure you check us out on YouTube at Odyssey Sports is where all our videos will be uploaded. So if you like listening to us, make sure you watch us as well. Full episodes loaded up on YouTube under the Odyssey Sports tab. Make sure you do like and subscribe on YouTube as well. All right, George. So we just kind of talked about the Colts giving no leaks and the Colts giving us really no information in this head coaching search whatsoever. It's been, honestly, frankly, a miracle at this point in the day and age we live with uh, and we live in where nothing's leaked out. But maybe we're starting to pick up a few clues. And the latest clue is this. The Colts have blocked, according to reports, Gus Bradley from interviewing for a for other defensive coordinator positions across the league. He's a man, he's a guy who's been in demand. He's a guy who's, you know, his services are usually tell being requested. And the Colts saying, no, 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 we're going to keep you. Because reportedly four candidates are thinking about keeping Gus Bradley on the staff as defensive coordinator, keeping this defensive staff for the most part the same. Let me ask you this. If the Colts are already blocking Gus Bradley from, from interviewing for another job, even though it's, let's just say, roughly half, right, four to the seven that would, would keep him, does that basically tell you that they're going to hire someone that's going to keep him? Like, would you really be blocking Gus Bradley if you're going to pick one of the seven guys that isn't going to keep Gus Bradley and potentially cost him a job next year? I think as long as this has gone on, it leans in that direction. I mean, right? to me, um, it, it, if you don't, if, if, if you now hire one of the guys who's not going to keep him, it's going to look bad. You know, and and he and his staff are going to rightfully probably come out and say some pretty poor things about you uh, to the media, because as long as it's been, you know, these guys have given their plans. Um, and and again, like we said, that's more than half. So if there's four, that's more than half the, the group that's in there. Um, you got to feel like those are maybe the finalists. I mean, that that's the, that, that would be my takeaway. That if you're at this point in February, you're still blocking Gus Bradley. You're seeing defense coordinator jobs go off the board. I know the Vikings just hired their guy. The the Panthers just hired their guy. There's a couple new coaches. I think Frank's the only one who's who's hired his defense coordinator efficiently, uh, officially. So that you still got you know D'Amico Ryan's is still looking, and Sean Payton's still looking. The Cardinals, like the Colts, still haven't made a hire. So everything's still open there. But. I, at this point, to me, if you're still holding on to him, um, it's a strong indicator that that you're leaning towards one of these guys. Uh, and I think if you don't, it, there's nothing. It's not unethical or, or anything like that. He's under contract. You have every right to do this. But if you don't, at this point, it a lot of people are going to look at that, rightfully so, in my opinion, is is you know kind of shady. I would agree. And especially like, I know it's a little different because he was interviewing not on the team, but you look at Evero going to Carolina and, you know, officially being on the Carolina Panthers staff, even though he was a finalist, one of the eight finalists at the time. Um, 
for the Colts at coaching job. So like that was one of the things where either he read the tea leaves and said, hey, you know, I'm just going to go get a job like him. But you're right. You would figure this late in the game as we're sitting here on February 8th, you are not truly blocking Gus Bradley and shutting down any sort of chance of him getting another job if you weren't almost 100% confident he'd be back on your staff next year and you are picking a guy that wants to keep him on his staff. So can we surmise, George, of the seven names left, can we take a pretty educated guess of the of the four, at least reportedly, who would want to keep him? You, you would think both Brian Callahan and Shane Second right off the bat, uh, both offensive-minded head coaches or – Offensive-minded coaches I should say that would be offensive-minded head coaches would keep him right. I think that's is that fair to say right off the bat. Yeah, and I think we were talking about this yesterday. You know, just texting back and forth as you were on your way out to Arizona. That it, if you if Gus wasn't on the staff and you were looking for a defense coordinator to, to pair with a young offensive-minded head coach who's not been a head coach before, he'd be high on the list because what would you be looking for? Experience as a former head coach would be great from that, yes. that situation, a veteran guy who can kind of just run that side of things, let the, the offensive-minded head coach kind of get his feet wet on the side of the ball that he's comfortable as he's trying to get involved. Not that they wouldn't be involved in defense at all, but at least you're not you're not feeling like, hey, if I'm not in that, if I'm not splitting things 50-50, then the defense is neglected and, and I'm in trouble. You know, if you've got somebody like Gus over there running it, you can give Frank did that for the most part, give him the job and, and let him run it. And then you come in with your input. I think that's, you mentioned Sean McVay, you know, and, and him coming in uh, with Wade Phillips right away. And, and, you know, how that was, that's sort of, I think, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The blueprint, you know, you hire the young offensive-minded head coach and then you bring in the veteran defense coordinator. So, and I think with both of them, there are ties. You know, Steichen worked with Bradley out with the Chargers, um, you know, a few years ago. And Callahan, I think you've got to go a little bit more, you know, wavy to, to get there. But a little windy of a road. A little bit more of a windy road, but, you know, his dad. Right, right. But his dad, Bill, was a you know spent a lot of time with John Gruden, and who was Gus with last year? John Gruden. So at the very least, there's somebody that that Brian can call and say, "Is this something I want to get into?" and, and get a pretty good answer pretty quickly. And you'd obviously assume Rich Versace then would be somewhat interested in mm-hmm. retaining Gus Bradley's services as he helped get them to the playoffs last year. I'm with you, but like I, because outside of Rich Versace and his very short interim stint and, and Raheem Morris, everyone else is a first-time head coach. So whether you're offensive, defensive, special team side of the ball, like for me, it's just like, to your point, like when you are a first time head coach, that is so much on your plate, so much to have to deal with and manage that if you can have someone like Gus Bradley, who is, has been in your shoes, know what it's like, kind of knows the stress as able to take, you know, a little bit of a, a little bit off your plate. Even if you're a defensive you know, side of the ball guy, you can just kind of help run the defensive meeting. So you can, like I said, spend more time with the offense. I think it's it's a great philosophy. I think it's a great thing the Colts are doing. And I think it's a great thing that the candidates are open to because it's also it's kind of an ego check too, George. Think about it. These guys have grinded their entire lives 
in order to get this job. And especially if you're, it's a little bit easier on the offensive end because it's not your side of the ball, but especially defensively, if you're on the defensive side of the ball, like that's your expertise. So of course you're going to say, well, of course I'm a defensive guy. Of course I know, you know, I'm going to run the defense. It's, it's my show. I'm the head coach. And then you kind of get into this, this mode of, if I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail on my terms. And then so usually, especially if you're a first-time head coach, you say, oh, you know, I'll still run the defense, but I'll have enough time to do both, be a head coach and defensive coordinator. We've not seen it work. And I think we have seen a trend recently, whether it's Nick Sirianni to drop his name again, I think fitting that it's Super Bowl week, we can kind of give him some props, uh, doing so in Philly and giving over the play call and dues to Shane Sykin. Whether it's Robert Solomon, he took over the Jets, um, saying right away from day one, I'm not going to be the defensive coordinator. I'm not going to call the plays. So I think you're starting to see now assistants wise up and realize there's so much on my plate that I can't do both. Experienced coaches like Andy Reid, yes, he can do both. That guy's been around the block and he knows, you know, he's at this point figured out a system. But for for guys right away to kind of get that first experience, it's really hard to juggle both. So I'm with you. I would assume the four people who would keep Gus Bradley on the staff or the four candidates, I would assume probably the finalists. I think it's a really smart move to, again, help get some experience on your staff but also, too, take away some responsibilities that could free you up to either help the offensive side of the ball, defensive side of the ball, or just overall just make sure the team's in a good space. Yeah, really the only two guys on the list to me that, that right away you would feel like might be resistant to it are Martindale and Glenn just because they're defensive guys and they probably have their own mindset. But, you know, they might be on the list of guys who are willing to do it too because of what you were just talking about. They may understand they're not going to run the defense – and a lot of it depends on, you know, does their philosophy mesh with Gus's? I think the other guys are easy to guess. I mean, sure. Raheem worked with them in Tampa Bay, so I'm sure he'd be open to the idea. Basachi obviously worked with them with the Raiders. Saturday obviously worked with them here in Indy. So I think there's five guys that you can right away feel like at least on paper there's a match. The other two, maybe, maybe not. You know, they, they'd be the two I think you'd need to sell on it just because they, they might have a different idea, especially Martindale. I mean, he comes more from that Ravens kind of style defense, which really isn't what the Colts are running and really isn't what Gus's background is. So you would think that that would not be a, a marriage. But, you know, who knows? Um, I, I just think it's going to be interesting because if you did hire a defensive head coach, if it was Aaron Glenn or if it was Raheem Morris, you know, maybe that helps take that defense to that next level. I feel like most of the, most of the year we talked about it several times most of the year that was a playoff caliber defense i feel like they were mentally and physically fatigued at the end of the year uh, but if they need that little kick to get them over the top maybe it's pairing gus with a defensive minded head coach who might just have a couple different ideas here and there on things that they want to do uh you know that, that just help take it to the next level that and a healthy shaquille leonard i was just gonna say that that's also a huge boost as well for this colts defense next year be a lot of fun to see him running back on the field as well. But it's also too, like, I get this is oversimplifying it. I get that. But with that said, anyway, it's still like, and look, you look at the defense, like you just mentioned, that was the best part of the Colts team last year up until last month. And you can't, fall, at, at that point, I think it just, the, the dam broke. And at that point, there's nothing you can do. But it's like, there's no reason to not retain, you know, the defensive staff who did, a, again, a really good job, shorthanded, again, missing the best player for the outside of, three quarters, four quarters, whatever Shaq Leonard played that season or this past season. So you, you did all that. You had all that production, um, had the defense play again, a high level, despite all of the offensive issues, the turnovers, putting them in bad spots constantly on the field all game long with turnovers. 
and, and get, you know, not making first downs, going three and out. So yeah, if, I, I get, to me, it's common sense. If you want to, you know, not be either defensive coordinator or if you're an offensive mind, want to bring a defensive guy, why not keep the guy who's already here, who has familiarity with the players, who did a pretty damn good job last year, especially considering the circumstances that the Colts defense is facing when you are working with one of the worst offenses in the league. Yeah, I mean, I, to me, it makes a lot of sense. I, I understand the argument, you know, they went 4-12-1 and one and the defense struggled in the last month. That would be the, the other side of it. But like you said, I think there's a lot of reasons uh, that go into that. And I honestly think this defense just got fatigued. They carried the offense on their back the entire year, uh, and they just weren't able to, to, to get across the finish line. And, and I think that's, you know, human nature. You don't want to see it happen. Uh, and no one in the NFL is going to call that acceptable, but I think it's, I think it's understandable given the the, the way this year played out. Uh, and you know, I would think too that to a certain extent, uh, much the same way Matt Eberflus when when Frank Wright came in and he was already on the staff because Josh McDaniels had brought him in here, uh, at least in that first year or two, there probably will be something of a short leash because I think if if the new head coach comes in and things aren't going well on defense, then he's obviously going to want to bring in his own guy. You know, and I think you're not going to stand in, in the way of that happening. So that's the other reason I don't think it's a, it's a major issue. If you've got guys who are open to the idea of him being on the staff, and obviously there's there are plenty of them uh, in this mix who, who feel that way. Uh, and and then you you look at Gus's track record in general of being, a, you know, highly respected, highly regarded defense coordinator. I don't think it's a huge issue because you, you're talking about a situation where if it doesn't work out, you're going to move on anyway. That's the way this league is. The only thing I'll say to at least put a bow on this is this. This conversation is this. If for whatever reason the prospective head coach does not want Gus Bradley, wants a different scheme, just feels comfortable with his own guy, I hope the Colts aren't pushing Gus Bradley on them. Like that's the one thing I think where the Colts could actually screw this up and be in the wrong here is that they're kind of – nudging, kind of pushing, and, and almost maybe even demanding, hey, you want this job? Well, part of it's keeping Gus Bradley and your staff because I think that's the one thing you cannot do as a team is try to dictate to a new head coach or a head coach in general who's going to be in your staff. So I'll take the reports for the face value of that there are candidates that want to keep Gus Bradley, not the Colts kind of pushing him on them. But I really hope that's not the case just because, again, I think that's, you're setting yourself up for disaster for the Colts if you are kind of pushing and trying to convince – whatever head coach you want to hire to keep Gus Bradley. Cause like you just mentioned, then it's already going to cause a little friction. There's not going to be maybe the trust you need there. And like you said, in a year or two, then all of a sudden you're kind of creating a situation where Gus Bradley's going to be fired. And now it's like, you are almost creating an excuse, if you will, for the new head coach, if they're struggling to say, well, I didn't have my guy defensively. So now that I have my guy, I need another two or three years to figure this out. Like it just, I think it sets up a bad precedent. It sets up a bad start to this head coaching search. If again they're pushing, which not saying they are, just in general, just a thought out there. If the Colts are the ones, let's say more pushing Gus Bradley, then is the candidates wanting to keep him on the staff? No, I, I agree 100. I don't think you ever want to handcuff your head coach, and I think that's one of the things that happened. You know, when Eberflus was here, they didn't push him on on Frank Reich. You know, they basically Chris Bauer said, "Look, this situation's unique. He got hired by a guy who backed out. This doesn't happen every day." Uh, we want to do right by him and the two other assistants that were there at the time, the offensive line coach and the, I think the defensive line coach, Mike Fair was the other one. Um, you know, he was the only one that lasted past two years, I think, of that group. Um, so it's – but I, the thing is, 
it wasn't like you were mentioning, it wasn't forced on Frank Reich. They came, he came in and they had meetings. And after a week or so, Frank said, yeah, I'll keep him. You know, our, our philosophies mesh. But my understanding is that that entire time, Frank had the right to say, no, I'd rather move on. Uh, all Chris was asking him was to have an open mind and go in and, and do the meetings and see if this was going to work. Obviously it did. The four years that, that Iberflus was here, I think they were top 10 in, in scoring uh, all four of those years. I think they were top 10 in takeaways all four of those years. They went to the playoffs twice, should have been three times. We won't get into that. Um, but, you know, it, it it wasn't a disaster. And I think that's right. because of what you're saying, because it ultimately was, even if there was some, hey, we'd rather you do this, it still ultimately was Frank Reich's decision. I think it's, you're going to have to do that with this new coach too, because it will be a disaster if it's an arranged, you know, shotgun wedding kind of a situation. I'm just laughing at, you know, Chris Ballard saying, keep an open mind, Frank, as the reason why Frank Reich is there in the first place is because Chris Ballard did not keep an open mind on his search a few, few weeks earlier. So ironic to say the least, but here we are, George, all that being said, but you're right. I think like I said, at the end of the day, the head coach should get say on who's on his staff since they'll be working together very closely each and every day. I don't think it's a place of a GM or an owner. It's just to kind of impose their will on who you should keep and who you should bring on, maybe who they should retain on the current staff. Uh, so we'll wait and see. I think it's a good move for the Colts. I think it's a good move for whoever the head coach is going to be to have an experienced uh, former head coach on your staff to kind of, again, help ease the learning curve, help if you're, especially for a defensive-minded head coach, take some responsibilities off your plate and just kind of make, again, the adjustment a lot easier in a league that we are seeing have less and less of a grace period and the leash becomes shorter and shorter where it's now forget a four- or five-year plan. It's like a two- or three-year plan. Or if you're, not, if you're not making the playoffs in year three, now most coaches don't survive that. So it's hit the ground running from day one. You've got to have all the advantages you possibly can at your disposal. I do think having Gus Bradley and his experience, plus also his success from last year on the staff as a big uh, weapon uh, to your advantage for sure.